This show is brought to you by Troxers for the spontaneous swimmer in you. Troxers fit and feel like boxers, but function like swim trunks. I happen to have brought a pair of early release Troxers, along with three pair of boxer shorts, with me for my recent 50 saunas and 12 days trip to Finland. I put on my Troxers the first day as we headed out to Sampa Sauna in Helsinki, and then I found myself wearing them every day after. I never ended up wearing my boxers. It was Troxers all the way. After sauna, I would wring out my Troxers, get dressed, and bring them along to my next sauna stop, where they'd be bone dry in a matter of a few minutes. Troxers are super soft, like comfy boxers underneath your pants. Then, when you want to swim or sauna or both, you just take off your pants and you're ready to go in swim trunk mode. Afterwards, Troxers are easy to wash out, wring out, and dry uh, back to comfy boxers in no time. With no extra clothes or soggy bathing suit to haul around, you're ready to spontaneously swim, sauna, or anything at any time. Visit Troxers.com, that's T-R-O-X-E-R-S, or find us on social media to get your pair. Troxers, for the spontaneous swimmer in you. So this is day two on my trip, my 12-day trip to Finland, and um, <clears throat> I got to experience not only a great interview with Risto Elema, who's the president of the International Sauna Association. Um, he is a world leader in sauna on many levels, uh, educationally, um, organizationally, um, just a great uh, uh, ambassador of what we love, the real sauna, the authentic sauna experience. And we talk about what that means. We talk about the definition of sauna, uh, what sauna means in different cultures, uh, the fragmentation of uh, sauna and the importance of the preservation of the authenticity of a true sauna, which is very warm to my heart. Um, being able to um, visit with Risto is another example of uh, what I feel is the value of this uh, this mo this method, this mode of communication, uh, the podcast, because it's one thing to write about it and editorialize, but another thing um, to hear it from the voices of respected people uh, around the world with, with sauna, and that's uh, what I consider, you know, a, a goal of mine and an objective and um, something I enjoy doing. I think it's quite important. Uh, this day was no exception. This was Tuesday. Uh, I was still a little bit jet lagged. But uh, stumbling upon and getting good directions to the Finnish Sauna Society in Helsinki was really awesome. Um, a couple metro stops, and it was surreal. It was like midday, this really awesome metro station, well below ground, super long escalator with nobody on it. And I'm like, where am I? And then boom, you pop out, and there's this gorgeous harbor, uh, small harbor, uh, sailboats, recreational boats really cool and I'm like wow I mean right in Helsinki this was like two or three stops from my hotel then stumbling on this guy who's standing there uh, older gentleman definitely born before the World War II uh, he's a little uh, satchel with him and I ask him about Sauna Serra the Finnish Sauna Society and he's like follow me follow me and uh, we go through the woods out to this peninsula on the Baltic and there it sits. And it's like a country club. I mean, it's very, 
The Finnish Song Society is architecturally very nice, um, very, I would almost say elegant, but not ostentatious. Beautiful landscaping around this little peninsula, wonderful dock that is well used by literally everybody taking sauna there as they, you know, work their way after a sauna round down this dock into the lake or into the ocean, I should say, into the Baltic Sea. Uh, for cool downs. Um, <clears throat> the vibe there is also reminds me of an American country club in the sense that it is, I want to say maybe like self-policing. In other words, the members there all follow very prescribed rules. Um, there aren't many rules. It's just understandings uh, at the Finnish Sauna Society and everybody abides by them. It's very self-policing, very... Um, austere in that in that way there's not a lot of yahoo there's no yahoo behavior there at all it's for people that love sauna and really good sauna and boy it's tough to grade saunas you know but when you consider that the Finnish sauna society has seven saunas and you'll hear about this four of them are savu sauna um a very revered and respected and um historic and wonderful way i mean the heat of a savu sauna is unique. Um, it's the single burn system, and you'll hear about that. Uh, I won't dive into it too much. So uh, let's move on. Let's hear from Risto. Uh, I just thought I'd give you this intro. This was day two on my trip to Finland, as mentioned. Still a little jet lag. This was a long conversation. Feel free to fast forward, but I am just so valued. Uh, it's so so wonderful. I just feel so um, honored to have Risto um, for you to listen to as we discover more of the authentic sauna experience. So this is actually the first full day in, in Helsinki for me, and what a morning I had. Um, I was directed to take the metro to Saunasari, uh, the Finnish Sauna Society, and I get out the metro station and I'm of course, totally lost. And as an old school traveler, I'm used to asking directions and not looking at the smartphone and, and having that work uh, uh, done for me. So I see an older gentleman standing there with a, a small satchel, a small, small briefcase kind of a thing, um, carry bag. And uh, I ask him, Sonaseri, and he gets a big smile on his face and he goes, Come, he, uh, older gentleman, not good at English, uh, but he knew where, where he goes, come, come. So we walked together here this morning through the woods, uh, just a, a magical thing. And to me, it's so representative of Europe. What we don't see in America is this uh, extensive public transport system so close to nature. The uh, Come out uh, the escalator of the metro station and there's this harbor uh, with boats and beautiful trees, walk through the woods, Hooked up with my good friend, an old-time friend. Could you introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm Risto Eloma, and uh, I've been a member in this Finnish Sauna Society about 40 years. I'm not born in the sauna, but I was in the sauna when I was one month yeah. old. One month old. Um, yeah, so so we. Uh, uh, this reminds me of a, of a country club and a, and a golf course where all the, uh, you know, if the tea time's at one o'clock, then the... The, the parking lot kind of fills up, and that's what happened uh, this after, early afternoon. Uh, the regular guests showed up, and uh, I met up here with Risto, and we decided to um, uh, partake in this sauna talk right away, and, uh, and so just overjoyed to have Risto with us. Um, and Risto, can you tell our listeners a little bit about um, your role and, um, 
and what the organization is about. Uh, no, do you mean the ISA or the yeah. Finnish Services? Yeah, let's start with ISA, if that's right. Yeah. ISA, I've been the president over eight years. Before that, I was a few years also the board member. And uh, I've been re-elected, so I'm going to be four more years as the president. International Sauna Association. Yeah, uh, International Sauna Association, yes. And we have, today we have uh, about 20 national members all over the world, from, from New Zealand to USA. And uh, then we have about 10 organizations which are not national members, but are uh, involved in sauna. As such, but we don't want to be involved in directly in the sauna business. Mm -hmm. So our main target is to to make sure that first of all uh, the sauna specification is followed all over the world, which means that, for example, infrared is not a sauna; it is an infrared cabin. And uh, also, we are involved in the standardization. Uh, globally, we try to make sure that uh, in, in the congresses, which, we, which is one of the most important part of the work of International Sound Association, every fourth year we have a congress where we have basically four different uh, major subjects. So it's sauna culture, including folklore, sauna and health, sauna technology, and then uh, what is happening in different parts of the world. And where was the last Congress, Risto? The last Congress was in, in uh, Sweden, actually jointly with Sweden and Finland in, in uh, Kukkolaforsen, which is in the north, uh, very near the Arctic Circle. The organizer was Swedish Bastu Academy, which is the Swedish member of ISA. We had about 200 uh, visitors there from 24 different countries. And is the next uh, Congress scheduled uh, uh, four years from now in the future? It is scheduled, uh, it, it's gonna be uh, in September 2022 uh, and the place is going to be f uh, Germany. Mm -hmm. Actually the decision was made in the board meeting we had a uh, week ago in, in Norway and uh, it's going to be together with the Interbard exhibition, which we have been considering as an interesting option for a long time. And can you explain the Interbard? Uh, what, what is that? Interbard is the biggest exhibition uh, about sauna, spa, and, and swimming. Uh, uh, in, including also the water treatment. So it is happening in Stuttgart every second year and it is so-called uh, professional exhibition. So mm -hmm. uh, not so much private people visiting, but professionals. Yeah. Last, last time from about 60 different countries. Come a, a trade show, basically. Trade yeah. show, yes. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, understood. That's the right word. Very, very good. Uh, back to ISA, um, the International Sauna Association. How long has it been around? How was it formed? And how was it funded? And how many people are on staff? First of all, the, the International Sauna Association was, uh, has been... Um, 
actually there are two starts for the organization. The early uh, 60s, actually there was a, the first sauna congress was happening in 1958, but it was not organized by International Sauna Association, but several members, of, which means national organizations, including Finnish Sauna Society, Norwegian, Swedish, etc. And there people were thinking that we need something international. And it was established in, actually in 58. But, um, uh, and it was agreed that the, the headquarters are in Germany and also the, the president is uh, from Germany. So German Sauna Bund, German Sauna uh, Society was quite strong also at that time and, and they wanted to do it that way. And because Finland was the other important member, so for some reason the cooperation was not very good. And uh, the, in 1974 we had maybe the, the most important congress which was happening here in Helsinki. And uh, if we think sauna and uh, especially the, the research work around sauna, so the results which were published in that congress were probably the most important which we have and also the book from that congress is still the basic book about that. Mm. Anyway, in 74 it was decided that the International Sauna Association has to be re-established so that it is able to operate. And it was decided that, that uh, uh, or actually we wrote new bylaws and it was decided that the, the headquarters is going to be here in Finland, actually in this building, mm. and uh, the president is coming from Finland, but then the board members are coming from the members, so from different countries. And this was then starting uh, in the summer 1977, and we are counting the years from 1977. And the founding members at that time were uh, Finland, Germany, Austria, Japan. Mm, the founding members. So um, <clears throat> is it difficult or was it difficult to have board members from different countries and different continents um, to get together or to uh, to meet? I mean, how, how would how is and how was that organized, the communication of board members from different countries? Well, uh, first of all, uh, the uh, there is always, together with this International Congress, there is the general meeting of the members. Because we have this, uh, as we called, Sauniad, which is four years like the Olympiad. Yeah. So, uh, we, uh, according to the bylaws, we must have a general meeting once during this four years period. And actually... A, a meeting meaning physical meeting. Physical meeting, yes. Yeah. Yes. And... Uh, because it is together with the Congress, so actually it's not very difficult to get people because uh, people are coming to the Congress. So mm -hmm. we normally have uh, two, three hundred people coming and uh, the members naturally are coming too. Mm -hmm. uh, the board meetings, we try to have one board meeting uh, every year so that physically we meet uh, and then Today it's quite easy also to have video meetings and we, we added to our bylaws a few years ago an option that we can make decisions also 
through uh, emails. Yeah. And, and that has been helping quite a lot because we have today, for example, we have in the board, we have uh, eight members from six different countries. And, and we have all, all the time had, for example, a board member from Japan. So, which means that somebody has to come from quite a long way. Mm -hmm. But we have been also having uh, board meetings in Japan. And uh, also two of the international congresses have been in Japan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, you mentioned Japan was the inaugural or one of the, uh, was the first, um, of the first countries uh, as, as part of ISA. Um, can we just dive into that briefly? Um, what, do you, what is the association with Japan and sauna? How, how do you think that came about and um, an integral part of sauna around the world is Japan? Do you know about how many saunas and, and we could start maybe with your interpretation of how uh, sauna became popular in Japan and then can you give uh, listeners a little bit of the background of how many saunas in, in, are in Japan and, and that type of background? Well, well first of all, we have to remember that, that uh, Japan is a very old country when we think sweat bathing as such. And uh, the, the hot springs onsen that is few thousand years old. And for Japanese people, uh, sweat bathing is something that they would like to have. And that's why Japan has always had uh, a lot of public places where you can have a uh, hot bath. But sauna as such, I mean, uh, based on the specification which actually ISA finally made in, in, uh, in late 90s. So sauna came to Japan during the Tokyo Olympics in 1964. When the Finnish uh, team brought a loghouse sauna to them and uh, many Japanese people, they, they had an option to try it and quite soon Finland was actually exporting a few hundred saunas to Japan. And then Japanese people started to make their own. Interesting. <clears throat> In 1964, that was, would you call that more of a public sauna uh, that was brought over? as part uh, of Public the, saunas, yes. Yeah, so, so these uh, early sales, more commercial saunas or residential sauna, would you say? Commercial. Yeah. We have to remember that, that most of the, the saunas in Japan, they are public. And they have very big public saunas, places where you have a few thousand visitors per day. And one more thing, all these saunas typically, they are open 24 hours a day and 365 days a year. So they are continuously open. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Back to ISA one more bit is the funding. Um, can, you, can you dive into the organization um, funding um, and, and how that, uh, where does the money come from to, to manage this operation? Well, first of all, uh, the, uh, there is a membership fee, which is reasonable low. So it is actually between 300 to 800 euros per year per member, depending a little on the size of the member. Uh, and the, the funding as such is, uh, there, are, uh, there are different things which are giving funding but not in the way of money. So for example, we have the office here in the Finnish Sauna Society 
and we don't pay any rent for this. Uh, and we have quite a big archive here, which, which uh, we, we get free. And uh, then uh, everything else is actually on a voluntary basis. So those things which we are paying small fee for is uh, we have a web page manager who is getting, I think, today maybe 30 euros per day, uh, per, per uh, month, sorry. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we don't have anybody getting any, any, any kind of salary or things like that. What we are then trying to make sure that the, those people who are active, so they get some options to, to try good saunas in different parts of the world, like during the board meeting last week, so we were invited to one of the best saunas in Norway, where we, we were able to spend a full day with the full treatment, so that uh, that was one part. But people are paying their own uh, travel expenses, and uh, the associations who have been sending their representatives, so mm -hmm. they are paying that. Mm -hmm. And the Congress, uh, Congress is actually the most expensive part of this, and uh, Congress is always economically the responsibility of the organizer. In the host country? Yeah, yes, host yeah. country. And, mm -hmm. and uh, if we think, for example, last Congress, so we had few few uh, companies who were participating with a reasonable amount of money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But major part was happening with the voluntary work. So we had about 50 people from Swedish Basto Academy uh, taking care of all the, the different works there. And they were several days working free of charge. The only thing what they got, they, uh, they were able to have several saunas there. So <laughs> that's how you get paid. Yeah, a good sauna. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Uh, tell us about yourself. Like, what's uh, um, this is not your full time thing. Um, what's what is your profession? And um, you've been with ISA International Sauna Association for uh, eight years. You say, and as the president, yes, as the president. Um, tell us a little bit about your your background. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, I've been retired quite a long time, so uh, this this is not a full-time job. But sometimes my wife says that it's a full-time job, and she says that I'm married with sauna. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, this is also, for me, a hobby. So uh, I've been, uh, as I said, I was first time, according to my grandmother, when I was one month old, I was in the smoke sauna. And I've been always uh, very interested to, to have good saunas, even when we were reasonably young at school. So we, uh, group group of people were uh, organizing a small sauna club and we went to sauna together. And uh, the, uh, my, I mean, my professional work, so I, I've been very much in, involved in, in export business. Mm -hmm. And uh, with this export business, so it means that I was also living quite a long times in uh, abroad. So my first uh, first place was actually in the middle of Africa in in Zambia. I lived there one year and built two saunas, uh, one wood fired and one electrical one. And then uh, uh, in in late nineties, 
I moved to South Korea where I lived five years and uh, that is one of the reasons why I have so good contacts with Japan, China, South Korea, Taiwan, etc. Because I was traveling in those countries all the time. Mm -hmm. In Korea, just to interject, the, they call it Jim, Jim Jijibang. Jijibang. Yeah. And, and it's uh, very popular. And you mentioned 24 hours in the public sauna. And, and um, <clears throat> so the Jijibang is, is a cousin to sauna or quite close to sauna? Well, uh, no. Jijibang is more cousin to Sento in Japan. So it, it is a public place where you wash yourself. So there is not really a hot room. And Jinjilbang normally has also an option, to, you can go to the hot bath. But basically you, you wash yourself there, in, exactly in the same way than in, in, in the center in, in, in Japan. And uh, the reality is that Jinjilbangs are disappearing in South Korea because uh, there is coming also a little more this spa culture. Um, also the difference between Japan and, and Korea, I mean, with the Jinjilbang, is, is the fact that, that uh, Jinjilbang uh, doesn't have this kind of uh, washing services which you have had in, in Japan. Uh, both are very cheap, so maybe you pay two, $2, $3 to go in, and uh, you don't spend there too long a time. But typically after you have been washing yourself, so there is a space where you can then sit, drink a beer, probably eat, and things like that. Mm -hmm. <coughs> but but uh, unfortunately, gingerbunks are disappearing. Today, several gingerbunks have been also building a hot room, which is normally then electrically heated. Uh, I've seen even places where you have the 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 kiwas, the sauna oven, which is uh, on the wheels, and it's going into a hot oven. Then it's taking back to this hot room, and it's doing this cycling, yeah, cycling, and, and bringing the the heat. But you are not allowed to throw water to those stoves, which is the definition of sauna. Which is the definition of sauna? Yes. It's, can can we speak to that now? Yeah. Um, what is the definition of sauna? Well, the, the, the definition which, which is going to be, be by the way, in the, in the newest standard also, says that sauna is a room, and preferably a wood, wood-paneled room, where you have a stove, where must be also stones, sauna stones, and the temperature measured about this level is at your shoulder level yeah about 80 to 105 degrees reasonable low uh, humidity but uh, you control the humidity by throwing water to the stones and you should be able to do that yourself that's a very clear definition and the reason why i think you know where i'm going with this the reason why i wanted to ask that definition is where i come from in the united states um, sauna is, is in jeopardy, my opinion, of losing its meaning. And it's happening in the last 12 years. Of, I mean, I'm talking 15 years maximum. Uh, 15 years ago, those that knew sauna knew sauna, as you know sauna, and yeah. I know sauna. But uh, extensive marketing 
has uh, pulled apart the uh, meaning of what I now call authentic sauna. And I um, am almost, uh, um, it's, it's a disgrace in a way, or it's, it's embarrassing that I have to use the word authentic in front of the word sauna. But um, I have no other way in my communications of um, uh, differentiating the real from the fake. Correct. Um, can we speak to this point, you and I? Yeah, sure. So, so first of all, uh, well, I've been visiting quite many saunas in the United States, and uh, I know the, the, the problem. I was first time visiting saunas maybe 30, 40 years ago there, and uh, at that time I was taken to the places where the sauna was okay. But I would like to say also so that it's not only in US where we have this same problem and I, I think it's it's partly related to the fact that that as you said marketing is done in, in an incorrect way and that is the reason why we are trying now hard here in Europe to get standards which make it possible to uh, to avoid misleading marketing. Do you think it has a chance of success, the standards? Can it lead to this um, um, differentiation uh, of explaining what sauna is and what sauna is not? Well, I think there is a, uh, today even a possibility for that because, uh, well, this is naturally very much in the hands of the big players in this case. And, and the biggest players in, in this sauna business are today from Germany. And Germany has been accepting this specification already in such a way that in Germany, if you, for example, uh, try to sell infrared sauna, you are fined. And uh, a good example... In marketing publications? Yes, and you, you cannot do that. And, mm -hmm. and a very good example was that four years ago, no, sorry, five years ago in, in Interbar exhibition, there came a big... Uh, Chinese company because China is actually the big country yeah. for infrared mm -hmm. and they had a big uh, exhibition hall there where they were talking about infrared sauna and uh, the uh, the authorities of the exhibition said that before we are opening this you take this sauna word away from here or otherwise you are fined about 200,000 euros wow and and who who um who did this? Who said this fine? In, in this case, it was the the the, uh, the Interbard exhibition organization because yeah. naturally they can control their own. In Germany. In Germany, yes. 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 So it was a Chinese company exhibiting <coughs> yes. in Germany. Yes. And the authorities um, um, took offered them to close or take away the signs. Yes, and they took it away. So they were uh, calling it infrared cabin. Infrared, infrared is it, cabin. So do you think that's the origin of infrared cabin as a term, as an, as a, at that moment? No, it is, um, it's an older, actually here in Finland, uh, when this specification of sauna was, uh, was accepted inside the ISA plus quite many ISA members also. So here in Finland, we started, uh, yeah. To, to talk about this infrared and we actually tried to get here similar legislation than there is today in Germany and in Austria. So to, uh, to 
<coughs> to uh, get this server specification approved in such a way that we can go directly and say misleading marketing or, or advertising so it's forbidden. We couldn't. We even tried to use our European Union Parliament members, the Finnish ones, to, to do this, but they said it's, it's too complicated. Mm -hmm. But in Germany it was succeeding, in Netherlands it was succeeding, and in Austria it was succeeding. And in th those three countries have today a legislation which is very clear. In a way, you have to credit um, <coughs> the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the law in these three countries to defend uh, a Finnish tradition by being more bold about it than even the Finns. Yeah, uh, but there's one thing we have to keep in mind that, that I have nothing against infrared as such. But I don't want that uh, somebody who is having a good original sauna has to compete with infrared sauna. Yeah. Uh, because it's much cheaper to build an infrared thing and you need much less uh, electricity. And the main thing is that you are cre creating uh, the heat in your body a completely different way. Mm -hmm. Infrared can be used for many, many purposes. For mm -hmm. example, after the, uh, the gym, so uh, you want to heat yourself quickly. Why not? Mm -hmm. Or even if you have a, a small apartment and there is not enough electric electricity, so mm -hmm. you cannot put an oven there. Yep. So why not to have infrared? But don't do it on, on the I mean uh, the same terms mm -hmm. and this is uh, this is something that we want to make sure that uh, uh, we could clarify but unfortunately for example here in Finland we have two stone manufacturers which are well reasonable big even in, in, in the world so they are both having two things on, in, on their marketing material it's infrared sauna still today and also steam sauna, which is not a sauna either. That's right. That's yes. And Harvia, which is the the the, uh, the biggest in Finland just now, and it, it's actually quoted pub, uh, the, the public stock exchange here. And I'm even a uh, shareholder, so that I I get all the material. Mm -hmm. So they are advertising today that 25 percent of their turnover is coming from steam generators and infrared. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in my opinion, uh, they should say it then clearly, but they are not doing that. They are calling it uh, an infrared sauna exactly. or a steam sauna. Yeah. And yes. so, to me, that's... Um, I'm a little testy about that as well, and you, you um, outline the reasons very clearly. Uh, I, I just uh, I feel personally that it's important to cr to create uh, a definition separate uh, or or not not use the word sauna as it relates to those other other elements because to me it weakens the essence of what we know as sauna. Yep. And and in a country like the United States where I'm from, people are, oh you're interested in, you like sauna we have a sauna and I'm like great. Tell me about, you know, and they're like, yeah, it's in our living room. And I go, what? Yeah, we ordered it and it came and, and we hooked it up and plugged it in. I'm yeah. like, oh, you know, and so it gets a bit tiring uh, from my perspective to have to try to pull apart um, the definition as at least in terms of the meaning of, yeah. of sauna and other elements uh, that are marketed as sauna. 
And so I, I applaud what's happened in Germany. I'm typically not a person that likes a lot of rules and, and that, but I think in this case, it, it's very significant. And I think we're, today, we are in a very interesting time and a very important time in the crossroads of the authenticity of what you and I know as sauna. Yeah, no, no, I mean, for me, it is in, in such a way very important because I'm quite old. I don't have so many years anymore to have a sauna. So I would like to select always a good one. Yeah, yeah. When it's all possible. I mean, that's why I'm coming here twice or three times a week. Right, right. This is a very good place. Well, you, yeah, <laughs> you, you would get old a lot quicker if you were in the United States, let me tell you. What was yeah. it? Didn't Mikkel have a line of something like it's a, do you remember his, his line about something in, in America? There's there's a, a, a thousand saunas and 990 are, are, are mediocre and 10 are good or something like yeah, that. Well, Is that. You ever heard a line like yeah, that one? They, they have. But I can say here also that many years ago, the, the, the chairman of the Finnish Sauna Society, who was I mean, a person who was very well known in Europe as, as the sauna specialist, so in one meeting, there was a discussion going on that, that which country is the biggest, if we think, the amount of saunas. And he started his speech and he said that, I don't know which country is the biggest. It could be Finland, it could be uh, Soviet Union, it was at that time Soviet Union or whatever. But one thing I'm sure about, that in Finland we have more bad saunas than anywhere else in the world. Wow, wow. <laughs> Well, I don't feel so bad then. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact is that, that we have about, let's say, 3 million plus minus 10% is the correct figure. And that means that most of the saunas in this country, they are private saunas. Mm -hmm. And we had a law here that if you are building a, an apartment or a blocks of flats, so where the apartment was bigger than 60 square meters, means three rooms. So you had to build also a sauna. So uh, there was 40 years that we were building saunas and many people uh, in a reasonable small apartment, they had this sauna and they didn't want to use it as a sauna. So they it was were, a law? It was a law, yes, yes, you had to do it. And uh, uh, this was causing uh, the fact that then the companies who were building those uh, blocks of flats, so they tried to do it as cheap as possible. Right. And in, in uh, one time, uh, it was allowed to build f flats which were only 2.4 meter high, which is 20 centimeter uh, too little for a sauna. Right. And many of these saunas, they, they are too low, the ventilation is not good, and then people don't want to use them, and they have been changing it for closets or whatever. Now it was changed about two years ago that it's not a must anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are building a lot of uh, places where there is no sauna. Mm. But they are building then uh, to this block of flats uh, a good bigger sauna, which is then uh, people can use it. Sure. And, and I think that is a very good idea. Very good idea, yeah. But uh, then the other thing is that, as you know, in, in Finland uh, we have a lot of uh, second homes or, or summer cottages about maybe seven to eight hundred thousand and we have been counting that we have about seven hundred thousand saunas in, in those cottages and uh, this these are all private 
when we go to this public sauna side, we have very few. But in, 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 uh, in after the war, so in, in early 50s, we had maybe 350 public saunas in Finland. Only in Helsinki, 120. Mm. In Helsinki now, well, four or five, depending how you want to count it. Right, but we have a uh, Lolu, a new one, and a couple others. Is there? Are you seeing an urban sauna revival? Are you still from uh, your perspective? Well, uh, first of all, Lolu is is a beer restaurant where there happens to be a sauna. Second thing with Lolu is that it's not public in the, uh, that way that you have to book it in advance. Even you have to pay it in advance if you want to go there. So I mean. Uh, because the sauna there is so small so that sometimes you can be lucky and you just go there and, and, and uh, you can go in without the booking. But in normal cases you have to do the booking. Today, luckily, they accept also foreign credit cards for the booking. In the beginning they didn't do that. Uh -huh. It was only possible for uh, bank transfer. And uh, for example, I've been doing that for many people because they were calling me, can you do me the booking? Oh, funny. So, uh, Lolu is, is something uh, special, but we have few, few new public saunas here. So, five years ago was opened the cultural sauna, which is a typical public sauna here. And, and it's a place where you can go anytime. It's run by a couple as uh, in the same way than the uh, old public saunas here. Then we have, not far away from here, Actually, very near your hotel, by the way. You should go there from your hotel, the Uusi Sauna. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's uh, 300 meters from your hotel. Sure. It's uh, owned by or, or uh, operated by a guy called Kimmo Heliste, who owns also the Arla. And Arla is the original Finnish uh, Helsinki public sauna, so it's from 1927. Mm. Uh, and there is another one which is still also operating, also from 1927. It's a Kotiharju, which which I was proposing that it's one of the musts. <coughs> but but this this new sauna is is really it's walking distance from your hotel, but it's not open today. It's open. I think it's from Wednesday. But I think it's closed on Monday and Tuesday. I'm not uh -huh. 100 percent sure. Sure. That's brand new. It was opened uh, seven eight months ago. Mm -hmm. It's wood-fired just in, in, in the middle of our uh, apartments. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is good that it's wood-fired. It is. In my opinion, wood-fired sauna is... I don't even call electrical one as a sauna, to be honest. Why? Why is wood-fired uh, preferred for you? Uh, first of all, the... Okay, you can have a good electrical one also, but then you need a lot of stones because otherwise an electrical one is too dry and you have too much positive ions there. Can we talk about that? Po positive ions? Yep. Um, what is that and, and how has how it happened? What is, the, what is behind ions? Well, it's happening, I mean, if you have hot iron, like the, the heating elements, so when you put water on the hot iron, uh, the, uh, there is coming a lot of positive ions, which are making you tired when you are in the sauna. There is a research work done actually at the Tampere University from uh, the beginning of 1970s, 
and the results were published here in, in Finland in this 1974 congress by Professor Greffe. You can have a copy of that article if you are interested. Very. G-R-E-F-F-E? -F -F -E? uh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, no. G. Greffe, uh, he's French originally. Uh -huh. G. R. A. E. Double F. E. Greffe. Greffe. Yeah. And, and he did this research in the 1970s. Yeah, beginning of the 1970s. And the mm -hmm. results were published in, in 1974. But I mean, the, the, what has been happening, if you think the electrical stoves, the worst thing, uh, uh, or the worst period was about 20 years ago when uh, you saw everywhere those, uh, I call them toasters. So, which is about this big five kilowatt uh, electrical stove with two or three stones like this size. <laughs> and. Uh, the company which was really destroying this market was Dulok, Swedish Dulok. Naturally, you can make a very cheap thing. And the other thing which was also important, that it's, it's very quick in heating, because you are actually heating, you are sitting in the grill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, uh, fine, uh, slowly they started to use a little more stones. And today, for example, here in Helsinki, we have one one bar where they have also a sauna and there is a big electrical stove with about 250 kilos of stones and that has a very good load so uh, these kind of things are something which in my opinion are acceptable as electrical ones mm -hmm. uh, another good example is that this this board meeting we had uh, a week ago in norway we were staying in a place called farrisbad it's in Larvik, 200 kilometers east, uh, west from Oslo. They have built a, a show aufkus sauna for 100 people, and they have a stove which is about three meters times three meters, electrical one with about 150 kilowatt electrical, uh, I mean uh, heating elements and about one, uh, 1,500 kilos of stones. And it has very good load. So I was really surprised. Let's talk a little bit about this positive-negative ion um, point um, in the study. So you're saying that the, the, the heat that's created from an electrical uh, stove is, uh, is producing positive ions. Correct. And that's separate from Lolu and steam created from water being tossed on rocks. That's a separate component. We're talking about the heat itself or are negative ions achieved through throwing water on rocks? Uh, the, 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 actually, these uh, positive and negative ions, they are coming when, when the water is hitting uh, this hot iron. Ah, okay. And uh, that's why the best uh, stove in that respect is a um, smoke sauna stove without any iron at all. And iron, I-R-O-N. Yes, yes, the metal. Yeah. So this is, so if you, just to pull this apart a minute, if you had two identical stoves, one heated with wood, one heated through electrical coils, yep. but water never coming in contact with iron 
or the electrical coils, would would they be producing comparable negative ions? I mean, they are not producing in that case positive ions, which are the, the, right. the bad thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you don't read your wife's magazines. No. I stay away from those generally. The, the one thing what is happening just now in in US and also here, uh, uh, those beauty companies they are selling masks where uh, they are creating negative ions uh, uh, from water and, yeah. and then you put the mask on your face and the uh -huh. negative ions are making you 20 years younger. Oh that's fantastic. <laughs> that's <laughs> So there is something behind it. Yeah there is yeah. and I think it's to be discovered. I'm looking for more information. Um, there has to uh, hope, hopefully there's more research about negative ions uh, you know, more recently than this 1974 study. I, I find it quite interesting when and you're saying sometimes these uh, electric um, heated stoves can make you tired. True. And, and but, but one thing also we have to keep in mind that, that uh, if you become tired, you have to analyze why. Because mm -hmm. very often the reason is bad ventilation. Exactly, exactly. Which, uh, when you talk about a wood-fired kiosk, it's... Um, it's it's doing its own air circulation by drawing in air uh, to in the burn process. Right? True, and uh, even better if you have let's say an original uh, Finnish smoke sauna construction or even a, a wood fired sauna construction, where very often you have uh, on the floor there are mm -hmm. holes. Yep, which means that there's all the time coming air. Yep. In America, in northern Minnesota, um, <clears throat> we're, our cabin's on an island quite close yep. to Canada and yep. stuff. And there are saunas built there uh, literally on a deck, like a, like a wood deck. So yep. it, yes. you look down and you see the ground underneath. Infinitely good um, ventilation. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. the best. And uh, then the, the other thing, what is naturally important for that, is that the, the sauna is high enough because mm -hmm. the... the the first law of Lodu is, is that when you are sitting on the bench, so uh, your, the sauna should be so high that your feet are above the stones, which means that, that uh, the minimum height should be such that when you have still a vihta in your hand, you can do this. Yeah. And then it's about, let's say, 260, 280. And very often the saunas are too low and that's why there is not enough air and that's why you become tired. Interesting. So I build saunas and yep. generally, uh, well, it's going to be hard for us to discuss this because I'm always thinking feet, not meters. Yep. I, and and uh, maybe in the show notes I, I will define this a little bit more, but I've, I've run into this problem where uh, while sitting on the upper bench, yep. feet end up being below the stones because of the height. Yep. We don't want to build our saunas too tall with too much wasted uh, cubic yep. space. And, so and that is wrong. Yeah, yeah. So a taller sauna is preferred. Yeah, I, I mean, you should have... Uh, I mean, we had here in Finland a uh, uh, sauna specialist who wrote this uh, as he was he wrote two laws of sauna, or okay. two laws of Lulu. And, and the first one is uh, 
is really this one that the, uh, the solar room, the hot room has to be so high that there is enough space uh, above you and okay especially if you use then Vita so there has to be mm -hmm. enough space that you mm -hmm. can do this mm -hmm. but uh, but uh, even more important is that there is enough air and you can avoid this by organizing uh, some kind of uh, fans which are um, making the, the circulation etc but it's right. not so nice if you have high enough for sauna then it's much much nicer yeah well well vented often with a generous crack along the bottom yep. of the door yeah yeah and then a, a vent a big enough 10 centimeters yeah yeah and, and five inches so yeah that it's is. it's more than you'd think yeah um but that's to allow the air to come in yep. and then uh, a vent about your eye height um, yep. maybe on the opposite wall to allow that circulation that you're speaking of. Yeah. We have actually, we have very uh, good uh, instructions how to build that. We have so such a thing then called uh, construction uh, organization, construction, how do mm -hmm. you call it? Rakennustieto in Finnish. So the, the information uh, about uh, how to construct and we made also the instructions concerning sauna so that is actually it's not a standard it's the it's something that has much more detailed information than the standard itself but it's naturally following the standards and that is explaining very carefully i mean here in finland if you apply a new i mean permission to build a new sauna so the local municipality which is controlling that they are just checking that are you following these rules mm. so the basic things and if you are doing that you get the permission mm -hmm. uh, if you are not so then they are asking how you are planning to make sure that there is ventilation is okay etc etc oh interesting and mm. uh, this is helping people unfortunately architects are not following those always sure well in america it's there's in a commercial setting you know saunas are in health clubs and hotels yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're always compromised yeah. uh, on many levels and i think you know you know that um what uh, do you have a sauna at, at at home or at a cottage or i have both yeah, yeah. same yes are they both wood burning uh, no, in uh, I mean I live in in, in a flat a blo a block of flats, so we have their <coughs> electrical sauna, but it's quite big and mm -hmm. it it fulfills all these rules. And the best thing is that it's above ground, so we have a big window. Oh, beautiful! And how many people have access to this uh, sauna uh, in your apartment flat? Uh, we have twenty apartments, and uh, but we have only. I think about only 12 families are using that. Yeah. yeah. And then I have a wood burning sauna at, at my, uh, I, I call it second home because I live there a little more than only the summer holidays. Yeah, same for me. Uh, um, I consider that home for when that, see, our, our cabin in northern Minnesota is on an island. So when the ice goes out, yeah. we have access, you know, by the boat. In, uh, but here I have then four smoke saunas. Yeah. And I'm coming here quite often. How I'm, often uh, do you come to uh, some society? Uh, well, normally here twice a week. So twice a week. Tuesday is my normal day, and then uh, very often I'm coming also Fridays. Mm -hmm. 
in the summertime not because summertime I'm spending all already Friday right. countryside. Right. And can we talk a little bit about where we're sitting, the Finnish Southern yeah. Society, and um, can you give us just a quick little um, uh, preview of what I'll be experiencing? Uh, we're sitting in the lower level. We're right next to the sea. Um, we're in kind of the basement of the building here, just in an interview room, right? Yep. Um, go ahead, tell us a little bit about where we're sitting. Yeah, so Finnish Southern Society, first of all, was uh, founded in 1937, by some uh, people who were uh, willing to to build a sauna for for sauna friends and and this was before the world war so uh, nothing happened actually before the war was over and this building has been built uh, or was finalized 1952 just before the Helsinki Olympics and uh, we got part of the financing from the government based on the fact that, that <coughs> we gave this for two weeks to the Olympic Committee, which means that we have had here during the opening period about 800 international journalists and very other very important people like Prince Philip from uh, UK, Prince Haakon from uh, Norway, etc., because they were, at that time, they were uh, sailing in, in the Olympics, so they came here also. Uh, we have here, uh, uh, this building is owned by the Finnish Sun Society, which is one of the biggest societies in the world. We have 4,500 members, uh, private people. Uh, you can apply the membership. We have no rules, basically. The only thing is that you must have you must know two members who have been a member at least five years and they can then sign you in and then you you, you can become a member. Assuming member. there's availability, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. is there like, is there availability now for membership? Is there room or is it full? There is a room every time somebody is, is leaving the, mm -hmm. because this 4,500 4, is our maximum limit mm -hmm. and we have uh, actually, the last figure was 4,515 because uh, some, somebody was not counting it correctly. Uh, the, the normally uh, about 100 people are either dying or leaving the country or something like that. We have members, we have two presidents as a member. So President Ahtisaari is, is our member and also the Existing president Niinistö is our member, actually today our honorary member. We invited him two years ago to have a sauna and I've been with him in sauna, but he, he didn't like it too much. He's not the sauna goer. Uh, and who is he? Uh, Mr. Uh, president Niinistö, oh, who is our president, president He's now. honorary now. Yeah. Yes, yes, got it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I was having a sauna with him and, and he had two security guys with him, yeah. who never came to the sauna. Uh -huh. They kept their clothes on and stood outside. Then we have had people like uh, uh, George Bush, uh, elderly. Mm -hmm. He was here once. Today, we cannot have this kind of people anymore because the, the local security police thinks that this is not so, this is very difficult to control. Yeah. But uh, one of the, 
very important people here. Uh, the, the previous U.S. ambassador, uh, Mr. Bruce Orek, uh, who was over six years the ambassador here in Finland, uh, became an ambassador uh, because he was giving some money to uh, Obama's campaign. And he's a sauna lover, a real sauna lover, and he hates the U.S. sauna. Oh, interesting. He, uh, after he left the, the, the ambassador's job, so he actually bought an apartment here in Helsinki, and he's a member of this sauna uh, society, and, and he comes here every now and then. Yeah. And I've been with him in, in many saunas, and, and uh, uh, I've been showing him different places in Finland, and he loves especially smoke sauna. Mm -hmm. But he has been doing also a lot good for the Finnish sauna and sauna culture because everywhere where he goes, so he's always talking about Finnish sauna. Interesting. Because yeah. he likes it. Yeah, right. It's yeah. in his it's in his bones. <laughs> the, the funny thing is that uh, uh, we had invited him. He had been here in Finland two weeks, and uh, he came to the sauna. And then <coughs> uh, I was asked to to be here then as one of the hosts. We were two guys then from this side. We were sitting in, in, in one of the saunas then. And I had been only told that the, the ambassador is a bodybuilder, strong guy and has an earring. And there came two guys. Uh, and we were in the sauna, so I didn't see that the other one was a little darker than, than Bruce. And the whole day I was thinking that the... the uh, Mm -hmm. security guy is the ambassador and vice versa mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and okay didn't mean a thing as such but then a few weeks later I was invited to the embassy to have a drink there and, and, and then I saw those two guys again uh -huh. <laughs> and then I was telling them this story and they yeah. said you are not the only one <laughs> <laughs> so the, you mixed up the, uh, the bodyguard from yeah. the ambassador yes, yeah. <laughs> because uh, the, the main thing was both had an earring yeah it's not so common you know yeah. And they both spoke English like an American. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Um, how many saunas on, on site here? We have here uh, totally seven saunas. Uh, so we have four smoke saunas. They are a little different from each other uh, and also a little different temperature. Then we have two uh, wood-fired saunas, so which are such that we, we heat them up and then we use them. Uh, so... There is no fire continuously, like in many wood-fired saunas. Mm -hmm. And then we have one electrical one, which is just now under construction. Uh, the idea is that that is for handicapped people, so that uh, we have their space for, mm -hmm. so that they can uh, use it a little easier. Uh, the normal members are not using it, because we uh, people are coming here for the smoke saunas. Yeah, I thought maybe you guys had an electric sauna here just for the Americans, so they can feel comfortable. <laughs> no. But not just Americans, many people around the country, that's all they know. Yeah, um, sure is. Yeah, yeah. So we will be experiencing a smoke sauna here. Yes. And can uh, you describe for listeners, um, what what is the allure of the smoke sauna? Yeah, yeah, yeah. first of all, I just wanted to say, add here that we have about 40, 45,000 visitors in this place mm -hmm. every year and this sauna here is available for the members and members can take also uh, maximum two visitors with them 
every other day except on Friday, this is only for members. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then naturally the reason is that we don't want to have uh, this too crowded. Yeah. Yeah, the, the smoke sauna is uh, the original Finnish sauna. Uh, few hundred years ago we didn't have any, any chimneys in, in the sauna. So we were, we are having a stove where the, there is a fire underneath and we are heating the stones. And when the stones are hot enough, and actually they should be a little reddish, then uh, we take the fire away and, and then we let the, the, the stones heat the sauna room itself. And when we go to the sauna room, so there is no smoke left. So uh, normally this time between the, the, when we stop the heating and when we go to the sauna, it's about one hour. And also in the meantime, we normally wash then the sauna, which brings a little, little uh, humidity to it the does. sauna. It does, that's right. The, the temperature in the smoke sauna is a little lower than in, in uh, any other sauna. So we are normally having between 75 to 95 degrees. Mm -hmm. Does it change through the day? Like if you could walk through the cycle... Um, like for example, what time would the fire be lit? Uh, say in this fire is sauna? fire is lit uh, around six uh, six thirty in the morning. The saunas are opening one o'clock, and they are open <coughs> uh, until uh, nine p.m. or ten p.m. depending a little on the day, and uh, that's why I could say so that we start a little higher temperature than it should be but we want to have it also warm enough also in the evening yeah and the does the heat maintain so a seven hour it's a seven hour burn basically yeah. one o'clock available for use yeah. the stove no is, fire it's fire's gone it's just hot rocks the the fire is completely gone yes uh, the stove is quite big and it's uh, it has about 1000 kilos of stones inside it's also thermally insulated, so uh, and it's quite tall. So actually, we are heating it from from this ground level, and the saunas are uh, that's right above. So the, the the stove is coming through the whole building, and it means that there is quite a lot of heat capacity yeah. in that uh, stove. I have to tell you a story. Um, as uh, as I was in the parking lot waiting for our, our one o'clock visit, yep. I was looking at the uh, uh, at the chimney, you know, and I didn't see smoke coming out. And then I uh, I thought, well, you know, maybe it's burning hot. And I looked for the heat waves, and I don't see the heat waves coming up. And I, I was like, damn! I said I said thought to myself, maybe the smoke zones aren't working today. And I got a little sad. But the, you bring up the point: there is no fire now at no, this no, time. No, no. The, it's all over. The last fire here has been around 11, 11.30. Yeah, in the morning. Uh, yeah, so yeah. then after that, so we start then the, the cleaning period, etc. Yeah. And we need this time because really, as I said, so uh, the, the stones uh, on, on the highest level, they should be a little red mm -hmm. because then it's hot enough. And, and the stones have to be hot enough so that you are burning away all these... Uh, hydrocarbons, yeah. which are, when we start the, the fire, so the stones are cold and, and there's a lot of carbon, or actually they are hydrocarbons, not pure carbon, 
coming onto the stones and then we go up and up with the temperature so that then the flue gases are burning the, the, these uh, uh, aromatic hydrocarbons away and the temperature should go as high as about 600-650 degrees C and we, we are measuring actually the flue gas temperature mm. and the heating is <coughs> stopped when the temperature is high enough if the temperature is much lower, then you have these hydrocarbons left and when you start to throw water, your eyes are uh, feeling that that's not good. Interesting, interesting. So And, and, and to, to heat a smoke sauna is something that you have to learn it. Yeah, yeah, both in construction and operation. Sure, and especially in, in the operation. And one thing what is very important is that uh, smoke sauna can burn. Mm -hmm. We have had here also fires, not anymore because we have been doing several things here. Mm -hmm. But the main thing why they are burning is that the, the person who is heating it is not controlling it all the time. Too much heat create, uh, igniting the walls? So the not, not so much uh, that. Uh, it's, it's more, <laughs> it's actually coming from the fact that if, if there is a lot of carbon on the walls, for example, so that mm -hmm. they are not clean. So this carbon, is, if it is in such a place where air can pass this carbon, so it becomes easily uh, reddish. So, uh, yeah. And if you have red carbon it, and, and air is passing it, so the air is actually uh, going to, I mean, hydrogen and oxygen because uh, there's happening this, this chemical reaction and it means that these are exploding. And I've seen once uh, uh, when a smoke sauna, there was happening this explosion. So the outer door was 15 meters away from the sauna. Wow, wow. So it's a, it's a chemical reaction. It's that a chemical is reaction, yes. Creating, uh, uh, ignite, igniting yeah. the carbon. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is that that's why you have to clean the smoke sauna well. And the other thing is that the person who is heating it, he has to come in every now and then and see that there is no uh, reddish carbon on the walls. Wow. Wood so, walls. Yeah, wood walls, yes. And, and the smoke sauna is typically always wood. Always wood. So, uh, log building. Yeah. Solid, usually? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. What would you advise for someone... And here, uh, uh -huh. all these are log buildings here. Wow. This is the real deal. Yep. On, on all levels for a smoke sauna. Yep. Yeah. Do you know if there's any uh, smoke saunas in the United States? There are a few, yes. I, I, uh, I have not been visiting, but for example, Risto Sivula has been visiting, uh, and I've seen also pictures. Uh, but one problem in the US is that this UL uh, standardization mm -hmm. is making it quite difficult today to build. So you, you have to actually cheat yeah. the local authorities. A little yeah, bit. makes sense, makes sense. Um, any, uh, in, in your work, in your perspective of sauna globally, uh, we talked about Japan, um, Germany sauna is very big, and also this Ofkus is creating quite a, quite a stir as an adaptation of the, 
sauna experience um, and public saunas are, are all over the place I've, I've heard in Germany. Spas in pretty much every major city if not in the villages. Over 10,000. Over 10,000 saunas in Germany. Yeah. Public yeah. saunas. Public saunas. Yes. And how many saunas in, uh, in Japan? Uh, we don't have a figure. Uh, but uh, it's not very big figure, but those which are there, they are big. Mm -hmm. Commercial. Commercial, all, all commercial, mm -hmm. yes. All commercial. And yeah. then, then there are also private saunas, and actually a good friend of mine owns a sauna village there, where they, there are 12 saunas, and it's completely private. And there is one smoke sauna also. Fabulous. We were constructing there a uh, year, year ago an uh, original Finnish smoke sauna and I was actually there opening it uh, a little more than a year ago and uh, as far as we know that is the only Finnish type of smoke sauna but we have to remember that, that there is in Japan and in Mongolia and in China <coughs> there is an old type of smoke sauna. <coughs> it, is, it is not built in, in any kind of wood construction, but it's, it's uh, in a cave or in, in built of stones. And they call it as Mongolian flame sauna. Hmm. And it's, it's a very good one. When I lived in Korea, so I was actually, uh, I found one of those in, in Korea, not far away from Seoul. And I visited that quite often because I needed the sauna. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the idea is that they are burning inside this cave or inside this um, uh, building which is built from stones. So they burn their uh, fire as long as the stones are becoming hot enough. Mm -hmm. And then when that's uh, happening, so then they, they stop the fire and, and then they put some uh, wet sand on the floor. And that is your smoke sauna. And mm. there is very nice smell. It, uh, and the walls are very uh, uh, thick, mm -hmm. so there is plenty of heat capacity. Yeah. So you are actually getting a very nice load. Mm. Wonderful. And, and, and this is what you uh, uh, find in Japan with the name Mushiburo. Mm -hmm. in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in, in Korea they were calling it as a Mongolian flame sauna. Mm. It's an interesting, um, it, it reminds me of Mikkel Olin's book sweat where you know you travel um all over the world and you have these historic adaptations of thermal bathing yep um fabulous fabulous story so as it relates to today um germany uh japan what other countries obviously sweden norway because they're so close to finland but what other countries come to mind as um very robust with sauna well, naturally, Russia. Russia is the biggest. Mm -hmm. um, we don't know exactly how many saunas there are in Russia, but seven to ten million at least. Yeah, and, and comparable to the Finnish sauna. Yes, and uh, the original Russian banya, as they call it, banya, but is very near the Finnish sauna. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you just go quickly to, to uh, St. Petersburg, for example, which, by the way, Jarmo could have been organizing and, and 
one-day trip, actually. There are many very nice public banyas, and uh, the Russians are using them. <coughs> Unfortunately, what has been happening during the last 10-15 years there is that many sauna or banya complexes are in the hands of mafia. Mm. I have a feeling that they are uh, loan, uh, there's money laundering going on, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But one reason behind is naturally the fact that, as I said, I know South Korea, I know Japan, I know China, and I know a little also about Russia. For example, in Japan, very often, still today, sauna is also related to prostitution. Because in Japan, prostitution is part of the, the business negotiations. When I went first time in, to the saunas in, in, in China in eight, mid-80s, uh, my professor, I was actually studying a little Chinese language, my, pro, uh, my professor, who was a lady, I was asking her that, that can you tell me where is the nearest sauna? And she became completely red, and then she said that, you have been only two weeks from Finland. Do you... And I said, what? Yes, I, I, I'm going to the sauna practically in Finland every day. And then she said, do you know what is a sauna? I said, yes, I know. And then she said, yeah, but here it's probably different. And then I went to one of the saunas, and the first floor, it was okay. There was a, actually a Finnish sauna. Uh, uh, one Finnish company was exporting in, in 80s quite a lot saunas. But the second floor and third floor, that was prostitution. Mm. Mm -hmm. And this was the case in many places and still is. Uh, I was invited in, uh, in Seoul, uh, sorry, in Guangzhou in, in China uh, a year ago together with this big expo, I mean, there is a sauna and spa expo every, uh, every May, the second weekend, in, uh, in Guangzhou or Canton. So, and I was invited to a very luxury uh, place. And uh, uh, the sauna there was okay, actually Finnish stoves and things like that. But after the sauna, so, they were offering pure prostitution services. And I said, sorry, I, I want to have a beer and then I want to go. Yeah, yeah. And then they told me that, yes, but it's, it's normal. And especially these services are for the party members. Hmm. And uh, the, the sauna business in China is very much related to the Communist Party. And then I started to think, I was... Uh, few years ago, uh, there was an organization called East Asia uh, Spa and Sauna Association, where the members are uh, Japan, China, Mongolia, Hong Kong, uh, Taiwan. And uh, I've been invited a few times as a speaker there, and I've been also there. So one time we were in Xi'an, and we were taken to a very big sauna and spa village, which was still under construction. And something that I was wondering, what the hell they are doing here? So luxury things. And then uh, we were taken to an opening event, and then there came a big party leader, and we were in, in the TV, etc. And then they told us that, yes, this is part of the 
the, the service which the party members are getting if they are doing their work well. So, mm. Like in Russia, they were getting the, the uh, uh, week holiday on, on the Black Sea or something like that. Right. So there it was like this. And one more thing which was very interesting in those saunas. So uh, when you went in with the car, so your car was actually put behind curtains so that nobody knew that you are there in the sauna. Oh, interesting. <laughs> very private. But the sauna itself in China, in many cases, was very good. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So good learn. Uh, okay, electrical ones, uh, all of them. But uh, I didn't find any wood fired. Right. But but uh, uh, big stoves, partly from Finland, partly for, from a company called Savo, which is uh, actually owned by Finnish people, but it's it's operating in in Philippines. Oh, one of the biggest uh, stone manufacturers in the world. Is that right? In the Philippines? Yeah, in the Philippines, yes. That led me to <clears throat> one of my last questions for you about um, sauna globally and that is, uh, it seems to make sense, uh, climate is, is a big thing. You know, obviously Finland, uh, it's cold a lot, a lot of the year, and it makes sense, um, you know, for, for centuries that this practice would exist. And as you look at the globe, uh, Cooler climates tend to do well with sauna. Um, are there other countries where uh, sauna is, is well developed? Um, what's next on the list? Are you talking about the Far East, Russia, Japan, you know, Far, the Far East included, um, Germany well, well advanced? Is there another country that, that pops in as. Australia. Why would you say, and I, I agree, why Australia? Uh, I think one of the main reasons is that there are so many immigrants. Mm. Uh, there are two big sauna areas in Australia. One is in, in uh, the surrounding of Melbourne, which is Victoria State or something like that. And then the other one is Sydney. And Melbourne, in the 50s, I think there were three, four hundred thousand Finns who moved there. And uh, they brought the culture with them and uh, then in in the Sydney area there are also a lot of other immigrants which which uh, <coughs> I mean Swedes uh, Australia was open for that and in, in the same way also the, the uh, other country which has a reasonable sonar culture is Canada mm -hmm. mainly I think because of the immigrants yeah and in, in Canada the sonar culture is a little different than in in, in uh, US, so it's more <coughs> Scandinavian type. Yeah, sauna culture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Thunder Bay, Ontario, has got <coughs> a lot of Finns, and the, there's a public yeah. sauna, and even in Ottawa, there's a there's a public sauna, and and, and so many cottages, and yeah. it lends itself well for that. <laughs> yeah. So, Risto, as you as you think about a, a sauna day like today, yeah. uh, you wake up in the morning and you you know you know you're going to sauna. Um, what's your favorite moment of sauna? Like uh, the anticipation of it, the entering of of the hot room, the first lolu, the first cold plunge. Uh, is there a moment that sticks out in all the probably tens of sauna sessions that you saunas that you've had? Um, that's, that sticks out as your favorite, your favorite moment. Well, 
the first low is always important, but the, the other thing which I like very much is that after the sauna I can go to sleep for a while. Uh -huh. Is that common for you? It is common and it, it, it has been common also here in Finland. It's unfortunately anymore like that. And I remember always, it was one of the, my first experiences of sauna in, in Germany many, many years ago. Uh, I was a guest of, of Siemens headquarters in, in Erlangen and uh, they had a very good Finnish sauna there and uh, we had the sauna and when I, we had been long enough in the sauna so then we were taken to a, a big room where there were about 20 beds and it was cool uh, I mean air-conditioned so there was maybe 18 degrees and you could go and, and sleep in uh, 20 minutes or something like that. And for me that was important when I was a very small uh, child. So when my grandmother took me from the sauna, so she took me normally to the bed. And I was having a, a bed sheet as a towel and I was put inside that and uh, I also slept. 15-20 minutes but this has been also a habit here and, and we still have places where you have also beds and we have been by the way we have been considering also that option here at, the, at this the, this sound society but unfortunately we have so many visitors that we yeah. don't have space. I had to ask you about that one one thing when you were explaining about the other members uh, the membership um, how is it controlled like how is it there's not a day where there's too many people uh, attending. Um, you don't have reservations. If you are a member, you come. Does it regulate itself pretty well? It is self-regulating. So, I mean, if it happens to be too many people, so the early bird catches the warm. Yeah. So that's why we have those people here at one o'clock. I see. But that's not the only reason. Because if you think sauna as such, so it's very much also social. So from this group, so... Uh, they are typically people who are retired. So they are coming one o'clock here and, and they are sitting here, they are talking, uh, they are probably eating a little. And the interesting thing is that very often you don't know those people outside of this sauna. And a very good example is that I was yesterday, I was going to, uh, to a lunch and I met there the oldest member of this sauna society who is 90 years old. Uh, he was coming to the same place, but to the same restaurant. And uh, uh, I saw him first time with, with the black tie, practically. And, okay, I knew him because he, he is not, he is so old, so it's a little, a little strange looking already. But I told him that actually we have been sitting only in the sauna together yeah. the last 20 years, maybe. I, I almost want to get a t-shirt made that says something along the lines of, uh, I didn't recognize you with your clothes on. Yeah, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. If you could have a mobile sauna <clears throat> and bring it anywhere in the world, you're obviously very well traveled, um, and, and bring a mobile sauna and, and take a sauna somewhere, somewhere you've been, somewhere you'd like to go. Um, is there a place that you would like to sauna with a, with your own sauna brought, brought somewhere? Uh The more important is that the sauna is good and I have not seen any good mobile sauna.
Really? There's a lot of mobile saunas in Finland. Uh, yes, but most of them, they are bad. I mean, especially, <laughs> I mean, the problem is that, that they are normally too low. Yeah. Your feet are too low and your feet are freezing. Yeah, yeah. So, there was very good mobile sauna, by the way, in the U.S. This, uh, this sauna with uh, uh, Ristran and his people. Yoko. Yeah. yeah. Because that was uh, high enough. Yeah. The but, Sisu sauna. Yeah. Yeah. The Sisu sauna, yes. Yeah. Uh, we have here, actually, because of this problem, this Finnish sauna society, we just ordered a mobile sauna, which is going to be here during the summer closing time. And we made sure, sure that it's high enough. So that's going to be so high that it's sometimes difficult to take it away from here. Because we have a limit for, yeah. I think 3.6 meters is, is many places the limit for the, for the, I mean, uh, for the trucks, etc. Mm -hmm. But we want to make a good mobile sauna. I mean, nothing like this, this heavenly sauna in the US, which was just purchased by Harvia. Their sauna, they, they were showing their saunas in, in, in Interbar uh, twice. And I went to see them both times and they said, why you are bringing these terrible saunas here from US? And they said, no, no, they are good. And I said, no, no, they are not good. Yeah. But, uh, but, but this, coming back to this, where, uh, for me, a good sauna event is uh, something where, where I'm, I'm, I can sit in the nature after the sauna. For me, the, 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 uh, it, it, it has to be quite quiet. And the worst thing I know about sauna is that somebody is trying to bring his mobile phone with him. Yeah. Here, what happens, by the way, if you, if you are succeeding, we take it away and throw it to the water bucket. Oh, that's a penalty. The <laughs> <laughs> last time you'll do that. Huh? But really, the more, uh, most important thing is that in the sauna, the learner is good and, mm -hmm. and you have good company. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm having a sauna quite a lot with my wife. And uh, we are traveling together. Uh, she's also the member of this association. And, and luckily, she likes sauna. Yeah, my wife's getting more into sauna. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, let's see. Any anything else? Anything that you would like to share with listeners to Sauna Talk, the the podcast? Um, most of our listeners are in the United States. We talked a lot about what good sauna is. Um, this is part of my my purpose for being in in Finland. It's exciting to be back. I have not uh, been to Finland in close to thirty years. Um, yeah. It's been a long time, but. The time that I was here last as a college student, uh, sauna really affected me uh, so much so that I moved to Minnesota. I uh, love the nature, like you're yep. speaking about, um, the cold between the, the, the plunge. I'm a wood-fired sauna fan. It was great to hear um, your um, uh, discussion of uh, the, the, the stove and the wood as it relates to the electric. Uh, the Savu sauna... Um, I'm real excited to experience that with you. We talked about sauna around the world, uh, different countries, uh, the, the surprise of Australia, these other countries I was aware of, yeah. uh, the importance of maintaining the integrity of the word sauna. I think that's an exciting thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm personally um, motivated to help in that, in that um, 
restoration of, of, of the meaning of, of sauna. Anything else coming to mind? Um, wonderful visit with you. Uh, more, more thoughts from your side at all? Well, uh, one subject we have not been touching at all is, is this research work which has been done uh, concerning sauna and health. And uh, there are quite a lot new results and especially this, this the main research group is uh, Finnish, Korean, Austrian, whatever. But the person who is behind this is, is uh, Dr. Jari Laukkanen, who was publishing his uh, first results in Yamak in uh, 2015. And uh, basically the the results are showing that if you go to sauna often enough and uh, you take it also reasonable hot, so you live longer and you are not getting Alzheimer or Alzheimer is coming later. Or, or dementia. Is <laughs> yeah, dementia, point. but I mean, it, it's, it's basically while Alzheimer itself. Exactly. And... Uh, and the heart, uh, uh, stronger heart. Uh, stronger heart, yes, but th that is related to the fact that uh, that that uh, when you go to sauna, so your veins are uh, uh, keeping dilated. Uh, they are more flexible, uh -huh. and they f they think that Alzheimer is partly coming because your veins in the brains are becoming stiffer and stiffer and blood is not going to the brains but if you go to the sauna so the, the, when you go to the hot then you cool down and the, so it keeps your veins in, in better condition unfortunately uh, part of these results are still coming a little later but uh, the, the fact is that uh, the the results are showing clearly that uh, it is anyway helping men because uh, one of the main problems in this whole uh, research work is that he was using only men, this, uh, this group. So they had 2,300 men. And there was no control group because they couldn't find 2,000 people in Finland, 2,000 men who are never going to sauna. <laughs> and now uh, we are financing actually a small control research where they mm -hmm. tried to try to find out is it valid also for women because women's hormones are actually affecting in different ways so nobody knows is it also valid for women and the other thing they they are now making uh, some short testing and trying to find out uh, is this result partly from the fact that those people who are going to sauna are all also smoking less are probably joking a little more or things like that. Yeah, re residual benefits, <laughs> yeah. not directly associated, exactly. potentially. But uh, um, I'm going to see Dr. Yari Laukin yeah, tomorrow. Yes, yeah, yes. and thank you for bringing yeah. this up because yeah. this is very important and it's very current, yeah. these, uh, these studies. I've, I've and, been in contact with him several years because actually mm -hmm. before he came out with his results. So in 2006 we had the the sauna congress here in Finland 
And we had here from Japan uh, Professor Shuatei, who has been doing similar research already a long time ago, and he owns a hospital in Kagoshima. Mm -hmm. And 2010, uh, we had the Congress in, in, in Japan, and there he was showing his, his videos, which he had been taking inside the heart. And he, he has been doing a long time uh, treatment for people who have heart diseases. So they are from one to three months in his hospital and they are having sauna 30 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, those videos anyway were showing that after the heart attack, so uh, normally people are in a bad condition, but in, in after this treatment, they were like normal people. Mm. And it's unfortunately so that, that I have not been able yet to organize a, a, so that uh, Yari and, and Suvate could meet. Ah, it'd be wonderful. But then there are several other people also who are, have been doing similar things. And actually I found one, I was in, in Austria and I met in Austria one guy who has been doing that. And he gave me a name, a, a Russian lady. And uh, actually, I found her material just a few days ago from uh, from internet. Some of the, her material. She's been doing exactly the same research work. And Yari Laukkanen didn't know her. So, I think one reason is that major part of her material has been in Russian language. Sure, yeah. not translatable yeah, yeah. or translated. Fascinating. Um, but, so it mm -hmm. means that that anyway, all these results are. Um, in a way showing to the same direction so that this sound going is is something which is which is helping you in in the, in, in this way but then the the other question naturally is that if you go too often and you are having too hot what does that affect yeah and uh, as as a last comment so i think it's dangerous today that for example in in us some sauna dealers are selling the sauna with the comment that buy my sauna, go to the sauna, you live longer. Thank you for saying that. That's very, very um, timely. Um, and this is part of what's important that people understand and it has to do with logical reasoning, right? Like, A, sauna is good for you. This is clinically proven. Yep. Dr. Yari's law can work. Okay, yep. so A is true. B, infrared is sauna, okay? C, infrared is good for you. This is the type of logic and association we are uh, being bombarded with in the United States and maybe many other countries. Um, it's taking something wonderful and it's stretching it across something that is not relatable. Um, any comment to that? Uh, well... First of all, it's important to remember that, that if you have infrared, so the heat is created in your body because the infrared uh, radiation goes into your body and, and, and it's, uh, I don't even know exactly the, the, uh, how it is created, but if I'm thinking sauna, so in the sauna, so the heat is coming outside and also you have the uh, humidity there together. So 
in that respect, I believe that it's 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 uh, different. But naturally, it could be very nice also to that somebody could make research and find out mm -hmm. that is the infrared heat uh, having the similar effects. I don't know that. Yes, I don't either. Um, <clears throat> what about the cool down? The aspect of cool down. I mean, that's um, intuitively speaking, or just based on your and my experience of sauna, uh, that the, the cold water after uh, a hot plunge feels wonderful. Um, there has to be some correlation, I would gather, with the health benefits of sauna, not just as a hot room to heat up and sweat, but as a complete process. Yeah, uh, if we think that these this, <coughs> this results which... Uh, Jari Laukkonen has been getting so that the main reason for this whole thing is the fact that your veins are softer so it requires this cooling mm -hmm. but on the other, other hand it doesn't require that for example you uh, go to the cold water it is enough if you are cooling down by sitting outside mm -hmm. but you have to have this temperature variation agreed the only thing is that that if you because for some people this going to the cold water could be even dangerous but if you sit outside and you make sure that you are sitting there long enough so that you you really cool down and then you go again so uh, you have the same effect and, and on the other hand it, it's also logical yes it is it's completely logical and so Maybe we don't need results of a health study on sauna to tell us it's good for us. I mean, at a certain point, we know intuitively. We wake up in the morning and we don't, we don't eat a bunch of sugar and say, "Wow, okay, that's you know." We sometimes we don't need uh, the results, uh, uh, clinical results, to, yep. Yep. to to tell us what you and I know is something we love. But it is certainly wonderful, and his work has gained so much attention in the United States and potentially yep. around the world. Um, and I'm, he's coming out now, by the way. He's, he's, he and his wife, they are writing a book. And uh, I just sp spoke with him uh, about two weeks ago, and he said that, yes, it's going to come out in Finnish and in English. Oh, that's great. Great that's to good. hear. As I see him tomorrow, is there anything you would like, uh, you would suggest I ask, I ask or bring up as a topic of conversation? No, I, I don't think so. Uh, he's gonna explain <coughs> the results and, and the reasons and um, I mean uh, he's very analytical and they, his, one of his problems still today is that there's very difficult to get financing here mm -hmm. in Finland mm -hmm. I mean enough financing and uh, he's been uh, <coughs> I mean his, his work has been sometimes <coughs> a little slow because he has to do his normal work. So yeah. he is a cardiologist yeah, and right. working in, in the hospital. Yeah, I get it, I get it. But uh, he is sauna enthusiast and, and he would like to have this kind of results. Uh, and I'm sure you find out that when, when you talk with him. I, I've known him a few years now. Uh, well, 
sometimes it's very difficult to organize a meeting with him because he's very busy. I know, I know. He offered uh, one hour tomorrow, and yeah. uh, I asked to move it an hour, and I haven't have has his email back, and I I want to make it easy, but. I'm going a long way to see him. Yeah, I've come yes. a long way so far, and still will be going a long way. But, but so uh, I'm excited to see him. I've really enjoyed to yeah. see you, and um, it's just wonderful to hear the work you're doing as a volunteer. Uh, uh, congratulations on your reappointment as president of the International Sauna Association. Uh, any plans to come to North America in in your future? Uh, there are plans. Uh, the it, it looks like that we are going to have some kind of sauna congress uh, organized by the, the the either the Finnish embassy or, or the Finnish uh, export mm -hmm. uh, authority together with the North American Sauna Association, and if they find this financing, so I think I'm going to be one of the speakers there. Uh, is it happening in, in the New York New York area, or the other option is to have it in, in Washington together with our embassy, where uh, we have this, as you know, this diplomatic summer society. Mm -hmm. And by the way, our embassy in Japan, they were just now opening their new sauna, and they were also establishing diplomatic summer society. And the reason is naturally that there is the, there is again now the Tokyo Olympics. And there's going to be a Finnish sauna in Tokyo Olympics. Oh, fantastic. So and cool. we are building also a sauna. The, the Finnish embassy happens to have a, a big backyard in, in Tokyo. So mm -hmm. there is going to be space for a sauna. Yes. Yeah. So. Do you think much, m most Finnish embassies have, have sauna? All Finnish embassies or residencies yeah. have a sauna. Yeah. yeah uh, I had a list once, so there was 102 saunas. Cool. That's great. That's so, great. it is something that is is part of the, the let's say way of explaining. And one thing, what I'm doing, by the way, here is that uh, I'm taking the the foreign ambassadors to have a sauna. So uh, here or somewhere else, this was the case with with Bruce Oleg, for example. Mm -hmm. But typically, the, the ambassadors from Korea, from Japan, from Russia, etc., they are uh, interested, and some of these ambassadors would like to become also a member here. So uh, they bring them every now and then uh, visitors. And the funny thing is that because of this, I have had here several uh, very high level visitors. So. For example, one we had here, uh, Bruce Orek brought with him NATO's general secretary, mm -hmm. but he came incognito. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He, he didn't want to say who he is because he didn't want to have any, any security here. Uh -huh. We have had uh, uh, many parliament members from different parts of the world uh, yeah. because, because if those people have heard something about the sauna, so they would like to experience something. and. This is a good place. This is part of the the uh, what Finnish Sauna Society is doing. So we would like to show the Finnish Sauna culture as its best. Mm. And one of the big jobs, by the way, where I was also very much involved, is that that 
we have been applying Finnish sauna culture to the list of UNESCO's intangible uh, heritage. And the, we sent the application now end of March to UNESCO and we hope they make the decision after two years. And then they choose Finnish sauna culture to that list. Mm. Let's see. I hope it happens because I was once involved myself, I mean, the, the, the Estonian smoke sauna culture, because I, I have there a lot of friends. So we were applying that and we got it on that list. And I was one of those people who, who was behind it. And actually here in Finland, people said to me that, how come that you were working with uh, Estonians? And I said, Finland was not even interested. Yeah. Now Finland is interested and we did it. And, and I think the, the application goes through because the sauna culture as such is something which is very, uh, very deep in, in this country and in these people. But at the same time, we have to remember that sauna is not invented in Finland. It's invented somewhere else. And I believe, I've been discussing a lot about this with Mikkel, and I believe that Mikkel is right, and, and I have the same feeling, is that this kind of sweat uh, bathing culture has been invented in different parts of the world. It's, it's not so that it's been coming via uh, Indian sweat lodges from the South America and, and then finally right. to Finland. They, they, were, they were invented independent of each other. That's what I'm thinking too. I agree. Yeah. And, yeah. and here in Finland, still in the 50s, so we, uh, all the researchers, they, they tried to find proof that it's invented yeah. only in Finland. Yeah. And, and I, I, don't, I don't agree. Well, as, as, the, as the human species evolved, right, and we harnessed fire, it didn't take much to make a connection that if we heat these rocks, and we contain this heat, uh, it will feel good, yep. number one. Yep. And then number two is we will start to sweat. Yep. And then number three is we will get clean. Yep, exactly. And those foundational elements are independent of culture. <coughs> yep, I agree. And I think that is, that is important to remember. But, but still, I think that it's also good that, because Finland has been keeping then this, this sauna and sauna culture so many years. Mm -hmm. and has been a little developing, not too much. And what I'm hoping that it's not developing too much because to me, this uh, traditional sauna culture is important. Yeah. And there is, uh, I would like to finish it this, uh, in this, there is one big problem just now. The people don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. I'm getting quite often phone calls from the airport, somebody's calling me and said, I had one hour, can you take me to the sauna? And I said, no, two and a half hours is the minimum. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And, and especially young people don't have that time because they have to be online all the time. Yeah, and so much over-scheduled, yep. over-programmed, but not today. Uh, my security guard, I've, I've kept him back at my hotel. Yep. I, I came incognito. Uh, I'm, I'm here with you alone, <laughs> yeah. and I'm not looking at my clock. I've appreciated yeah. our time uh, so much. I love um, uh, our conversation, and I'm very appreciative of what you're doing for sauna culture around the world with ISA. Um, and uh, any final words for, for listeners? Well, uh, for ISA, we have to remember that we have many 
important Sauna people in that organization and uh, that is not very should I say very strict organization mm -hmm. we just have sauna lovers in that organization yeah. and we all do that work all over the world right right and that's the the, the love of sauna uh, is the is the guiding principle of the organization yep yes thank you Risto thank you let's go and have a sauna agree